My name is Mike Wall, and welcome to a special edition of Strange New Worlds, a science and Star Trek podcast. Last week, Elise and I went on our first away mission as <laughs> podcasters. We took a drive from Pasadena down to downtown LA to the Little Tokyo District, where we attended a Star Trek event that featured both Tim Russ and George Takei. But first things first, when in Little Tokyo, you eat ramen. Oh, of course. <laughs> so we went to Daikokuya Ramen. Elise. Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not paying us. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. But uh, score from, from 1 to 10, uh, what, do you, what, what would you give this, this ramen store? You know, uh, it's really hard because I feel like the first ramen is always the best ramen. So there's like a warm place in my heart for the, the place that I got my first ramen in Portland. But as far as ramen that I've had here, it's up there. I'd say it's like an 8. It's a good score. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. There's there's one in, in downtown Old Pasadena that I like a little bit better, mm -hmm. uh, but it's more expensive, and the atmosphere isn't as cool. So after the ramen store, we experienced more of that little Tokyo atmosphere. Little Tokyo is a pretty historic uh, district down yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. I had no idea, like, all of the history that had taken place there. When we get, went to the museum, my mind was just blown. It was, it was something. Yeah. So you can tell there's not much science in this podcast particularly we're just we're just kind of talking about a cool thing that happened to us because we figure if you're trekkies you'll find it interesting <laughs> indeed yeah well at the museum there was a lot of cool history and history as we've discussed before is sort of a social science yeah so, for sure yeah but more importantly they had an exhibit on george takei absolutely and that was <laughs> super fun so the museum is the japanese american national museum and it mostly has to um, has exhibits that deals with the Japanese-American incarceration during World War II and remembering that and making sure that those people's stories are told. Now, the Japanese-American incarceration uh, internment uh, or um, concentration camps... Yeah, words are real tricky The words this. are very tricky because um, you don't really want to necessarily put it on the same plane as what was going on in Germany at the same time. But it's still horrible. <laughs> yeah, and it was very shocking to really feel um, that, you know, our country, America, which is supposed to be the land of the free, did this not too long ago. Yeah, to citizens, too. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they had some really poignant video that this activist filmmaker I didn't even know that was a job but this activist filmmaker had in response to a lot of the sort of Islamophobia that's happening right now had these older Japanese American people reading I think letters that they had written to family while they were in camp ha well having having young Muslim American children read it with them mm -hmm. and it was just like the most pointed commentary I think I'd seen in a while. It was it was something. Yeah, yeah. This uh, definitely has parallels to some of the sentiments that's happening today yeah. in America. I, I mean, even if you don't think that, that the video, that it's the point it makes and it made it really well. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And the, the museum itself, if you've been to the um, the Holocaust Memorial Museum, they, they did some things that were pretty parallel. Like the shoe room, instead of shoes, they had all these luggage tags mm -hmm. that apparently they had the the people going into the internment camps have to fill out their own like tags that they put on themselves. Yeah. Like, Isn't that, that yeah. demeaning, right? Yeah. 
you were now a piece of luggage, basically. Yeah, and they just had these trees made of them, and it was it was incredible. I'm like, sure that's not even a fraction of the. They were Christmas size, Christmas tree size. Yeah, floor trees. to ceiling. It, that was one of the images that definitely stuck in my mind from that exhibit. Yeah, for and, sure. and uh, I mean, all this is relevant to George Takei as well. If you know anything about his personal history, he was interned when he was like five. Yeah, so he, was he basically a kind kid. of grew up in, in the camps for the first few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his family was spit out with basically nothing and had to come back to LA and kind of make it from there. Yeah. And so that's where his story kind of ties into the rest of the museums. But of course, it doesn't stay in the the murky gloom forever. I mean, it's George Takei, so of course it's going to be wild and interesting and just super entertaining to go. It was so fun to go through the museum. One of my favorite things was the fan art wall, Uh like all all of the sort of professional level fan art that people have done of him over the years, just up on this wall. Is it was pretty funny. Yep. Yeah. So and his um oh my the perfume the oh my perfume yeah, was, was there. Yeah. Lots of great Star Trek memorabilia from George's personal collection is at the museum. His uniform from the from the movies the the, the red kind of naval Starfleet uniform yeah, the, was there. Mm-hmm. His captain's chair from the Excelsior with mm-hmm. his little bright tea stand was yeah. there. Uh, it was, it was I feel very... like Picard needed one of those. I know, right? For his Earl Grey. Yeah, him and uh, Janeway need one for coffee. Oh, yeah. Janeway, Janeway had a really nice bridge, though. I feel like she had a little thing on the side that she could make put her put coffee, coffee on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... I'm surprised they don't have hovering coffee, like, companions. <laughs> like, little coffee tables that follow you around, because... At that, I mean, when you have that kind of warp technology, it seems like personal coffee assistance would be kind of on the list before that, but Indeed. apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> what else did we see? We saw George's yearbook from... Oh, that was wild. So if you don't know, Mike and I are yearbookers. Uh, we produce Caltech's yearbook. And so, like... Not all by ourselves. Not by, yeah. <laughs> okay, we, we have three people helping us. We are shout a tiny, out to our yearbook shout staff. Shout out to the yearbook staff. But anyway, so as soon as, I think as soon as we walked into the George Takei exhibit, we're just like, where is the yearbook? So we just, we find it, it's there. And then they don't even, it's not the page with all the faces, it's like a club photo. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see, if you look real carefully, we found him in there. And it was very exciting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so after we went through the George Takei special exhibit, we went outside where Tim Russ and crew, his band, performed for about an hour for us. That was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. Shout, they're they're great, but I, I just felt like I was in some kind of break from reality holodeck episode where Tuvok's just pent up emotions. Like maybe he learned some like Vulcan guitar esque instrument, and then somebody put a rock guitar in his hand, and he was like, Ah, yes, this is a highly skilled instrument that I must learn to play, and then mm-hmm. secretly takes it into the holodeck to just bang out like southern soul jams basically yeah yeah, it's pretty (laughs) awesome and if you've never listened to tim russ sing you should google him or find him on itunes uh yeah he's got this very deep kind of guttural voice that he's uh roaring with uh in 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 tune and it's just it's really a joy to watch yeah it was it was quite something 
After Tim Russ's uh, set was done, we were treated to Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. But first, George Takei came out and gave a speech. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> and he talked about all sorts of wonderful things, as George Takei always does. Let's listen to a few of George's words. The California Supreme Court said marriage equality for LGBT, LGBT people is the law of the state. Yes, let's give it a hand. California was spiritual. And by that time, 2008, I'd been together with my partner, Brad, for 21 years. Thank you. And uh, I guess the Supreme Court justices uh, thought, you know, 21 years is the age of legality. And so, boys, let's get you guys hitched up. And we picked our heels and we got our marriage license. We were the first couple to get our marriage license in West Hollywood. And we love the idea of getting married in the forum of democracy. And here we have the democracy forum right here. So Brad and I chose to get married right there in the Tateuchi Democracy Forum of the Japanese American National Museum. And wanted our wedding to reflect the diversity in our lives. So, and you know, in my life, I've been blessed to have uh, colleagues from Star Trek who have become very good friends. And so we asked Walter Koenig, a Jewish guy from New York, to be our best man. And we asked Michelle Nichols, who played Uhura, to be our matron of honor. But Michelle said, I am not a matron. If Walter can be the best man, why can't I be the best lady? And we said, of course, Michelle, you are. So she was our best lady. And we needed an officiant. But Reverend uh, Julius Goldwater was no longer with us. But at that Buddhist temple, and I'm a Buddhist, we have a Mexican-American Mexican Buddhist minister, <laughs> Reverend Briones. And so we asked a Mexican-American Buddhist minister to be our officiant in that democracy forum. So infinite diversity and infinite combination. This is a history museum, but we learn from history. And by learning from history, we aspire to making this a better democracy. And here you are tonight, surrounded by all that history of democracy, both in its glory as well as in its failure. Because locking up innocent people just because of our race is one of the failures of our democracy. And we have to learn from that. And we have learned from that except for one man in our country. He still has to come to the museum to learn from that history. That's why history is important, because with history we make our future a better one. And that's what Star Trek was all about. And I love science fiction because science fiction has been used as a metaphor for so much of our future ideas. Gene Roddenberry was a great science fiction writer. And the Starship Enterprise 
which is where Star Trek started and where I worked as the uh, helmsman, was a metaphor for Starship Earth. And the makeup of that starship reflected the diversity of Starship Earth, which we consider to be the strength of this Starship Earth as well as Starship Enterprise. But tonight, this movie, one that's very personal to me, is called The Undiscovered Country, going to somewhere where we hadn't been before, to seek peace. And in this one, I am the captain of my own starship. <laughs> but the Excelsior. So that's what you're going to see. Our future of infinite diversity, people of many different backgrounds, people of many different cultures, people of many different histories, all coming together, working in concert as a team to build a better future. So it's getting dark enough to scream. So ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the undiscovered country on the starship Excelsior, <laughs> captained by Captain Sulu. He always finds some way to put in social commentary without saying exactly what he means. But yeah. <laughs> all the way, that's just that's just him. Yep. George. Uh, wonderful George. Bless George. Live long and prosper. Um, and so Star Trek VI happened right after that. I hadn't seen Star Trek VI I in a seen, little I while. I haven't seen it like once or twice before. It, I made sense that they were showing that one in the context of the museum. Because it's all about tolerance and fear of the other and fear of cultural assimilation and like loss of self and how do you deal with having to change a part of your own culture to survive in a new one and what does it mean to even have a culture if it has to change that much anymore it's very very on point for the the context of the event totally star trek 6 came out in the early 90s and it was right after the collapse of the Soviet Union mm -hmm. and the United States and the Soviets were, or the former Soviets were kind of making reparations and trying to reunite the world and mm -hmm. that kind of sentiment tied in to the Federation trying to be at peace with the Klingon Empire and learn what being at peace with your former enemy for mm -hmm. so long took. And it takes a lot of bravery and it takes a lot of courage to really look somebody in the face who you've hated for so long. And Kirk has gone through so much with the Klingons. He's faced them in battle. The Klingons killed his son. Um, yep. It's it's hard for him. And it's actually a very interesting thing to see your heroes kind of get getting up there in, in age and looking towards retirement and being sort of set in their ways and really needing to learn change at that moment in their careers. Yeah. And so that's something that uh, I took away from, from Star Trek VI that yeah. really stuck with me. I mean, of course, it's also the episode in which Sulu captains his own ship. So yes. I, if George Takei were to choose a movie to show, it might have been that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that yes. may or may not have been a factor. Captain Sulu... To the rescue, basically, yeah. yeah. Basically, um, starts and ends with the Excelsior, and uh, George has a has a pretty cool role. And so, you know, so, something that really stuck out to me too was that this movie was pretty funny. I I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, I did not remember <laughs> how funny it was. Maybe I just you really need to know the characters well to yeah. understand why it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like, um, God, Chekhov had some great like little one-liners. I don't yeah. even remember them. They're so inconsequential, but just 
And then, also, Ihura not knowing Klingon, yeah. totally done for the bit, but it was really funny when they, like, laughed, and then they all have to kind of, like, ha, 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 ha. Right. They don't know what to do, <laughs> so they just kind of all look at each other, and she presses the button, and they all do this, like, hearty Klingon laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny. It is funny. Spock, savage as ever. Like, mm-hmm. just good times all around. Absolutely. So it's always a pleasure to see old Star Trek movies on the big screen because we are of the age that we never went to see the undiscovered country on the big screen. You no. weren't even born yet. Yeah. Um, so it's always um, something that if, if it's happening, I'm there. I'm going to see an old Star Trek movie projected outdoors in beautiful LA weather on yeah, the big screen. Yeah, it was screen. awesome. Uh, um, Tim Russ kept talking about that, actually. <laughs> Apparently, Florida does not have consistent enough weather, even though it's warm. Yeah. Well, um, if, if you're in the LA area, between now and August 20th, I highly recommend you go check out the Japanese American National Museum in downtown LA, Little Tokyo District, and see the special George Takei exhibit. It's leaving in on August 20th, so um, you only have a limited time to get there, but it was a really fun, enlightening, and heartwarming experience as Trekkies. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to get in for cheaper, I think it's on Thursday nights after six? After so, five. After five, I think. After yeah. five, it's free to get in. Yeah. So it's it's definitely worth it. Pro um, tip. Yeah, pro tip. <laughs> we did not pay for this. <laughs> Perhaps I will go back and buy something at the gift store to make up for it or something. Because, I mean, the museum's put together really well. And it, even, if it, if you, even if there was no way to get in for free, you should have still gone. <laughs> that concludes episode 8.5 of Strange New Worlds. We hope you enjoyed hearing about our away mission to the George Takei exhibit at the Japanese American National Museum in LA, our encounter with the Tim Russ crew, and our reflections on Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Special thanks to our guest from Episode 3, Erica Carlson, who notified me of this opportunity. Until next time, see you out there. You say I've got a